Brothers and sisters in Christ, I greet you in the name and in the love and the peace of Jesus Christ. For our daily word today, I, I want to take us into 2 Thessalonians and uh, chapter 2, where Paul is speaking there about the second coming of Jesus. And his concern here is about a deception that has taken place in the church in Thessalonica. And this is something that we see Paul have to deal with broadly. This, this deception is that the, the second coming of Jesus has actually already taken place. There are folks who are making that claim that there has been this spiritual reality. They've been given the spiritual revelation. And there are others in the church that are like, wait, whoa, wait a minute. Nobody told me that. I didn't see that. I didn't notice that. Did that really happen? Did I just get left out of it? And they're, they're for good reason, they're very concerned. And this is what Paul says. He said, don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. And then he goes on to say that, that one of the things that you, will, <laughs> that you will see about the coming of the Lord is that it will be obvious. Now he mentions here the man of lawlessness being revealed that that's a, that's a part of the, the coming of Jesus, that you will see this, this one who works for Satan, who is a deceiver, and, and so you will see this actually happen. Now, let's tie this together. Let's tie this together with what Jesus says about the second coming, right? He, he says, um, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, right? So he, he says also, don't let anyone mislead you. This is in Matthew 24, 4. Don't let anyone deceive you. You will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He says, there are those who are going to come who are going to try to deceive you. But don't be deceived. Don't wonder if you missed it, right? Both of these um, passages from 2 Thessalonians, from Matthew, in both, the Lord is saying, don't be deceived. You will know it when it happens. It will be clear. Everyone will see the Son of Man. Everyone will see Jesus at His second coming. Now, why is this important today? Uh, well, because Satan, the deceiver, is still at work. And, and in every age, the basics of the deception are the same, but, but the, the context changes, and so the details change just a bit. And I, I want to just share with you two ways regarding the, the second coming of Jesus that we can really kind of slide off the road into the ditch on, on either side of the road. So ditch one, if you will, sliding off on this side, is to say what many haven't really said out loud, although some have, it's more, it's more of, a, of an inner disposition in regards to the faith. And that is to just think, you know what? This is the modern age. It's been 2,000 years since this has happened. Jesus is just not coming back. This is kind of, a, kind of an embarrassment to talk about in, in our culture, in our age. So I'm just not going to make this be an active part of my faith. I'm just going to, you know, when I need to say it for the creeds, that's fine. But other than that, I'm not really going to make this be a part of my faith. 
that's ditch one. Ditch two is what I've seen, and, and you can always kind of tell when, when somebody's really into this, is getting fanatical about the details of the second coming of Jesus. Like when somebody starts rolling out charts and things that this happens and that, and this lines up with this prophecy, and this is this, and this and that. Listen, we can get sucked down the rabbit hole on this one really quick into the details. There is speculation about 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 about the man of lawlessness. Who is this man of sin that works for Satan, that goes about deceiving? Who is, is it this historical figure? Is it that historical figure? And so forth. We c Listen, there is nothing wrong with trying to understand the Scriptures, and there's nothing wrong with trying to get a basic outline of how the flow of the second coming of Jesus will actually come about. There's nothing wrong with that unless and until we start to become fixated on it, and that's what it becomes about. It's about having the secret knowledge, it's about understanding all of this, rather than, rather than understanding the hope and focusing on the hope of the return of Jesus. Because that is the central core of why God has revealed the second coming of Jesus to us, so that we will have hope in this world, in this broken world, that yes, we labor as the people of God to bring the reality of heaven, to bring the will of God about in this world, to alleviate human suffering, to proclaim the good news, to see people restored to God where there was the curse and separation of sin, to see people restored to God through the grace of Jesus Christ. Yes, yes, we labor for the kingdom of God, but we know that all of our labors are not in vain. Why? because God is tying all those together and drawing all of those together. In fact, He is working all things together for good. We know there is a trajectory to history, and that trajectory, it, it leads to the second coming of Jesus when He will bring the renewal of all things, when the curse will be completely overcome. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Right? Even the last great enemy of death will be overcome. There will no longer be any such thing as death. There will be no more mourning or crying or disease or pain. No one will harm on all of God's holy mountain. This is the hope that we have in Christ. And it is promised, it is revealed in the Scriptures, just as the first coming of Jesus was revealed and it was fulfilled, so it is that the second coming of Jesus is prophesied, is promised, and it will be fulfilled. Jesus says, we don't know when. In fact, He says, even the Son doesn't know. Only the Father knows of that day. And so we miss when we, when we fall into the ditch of never considering the, the, the implications of the second coming of Jesus and the truth of that. We fall into a ditch. We fall into a ditch when we get fanatical and we get fixated on all of the details. We miss the hope, but also we miss the calling. Because if I, if I can feel like I have some secret knowledge, I get some details, that I am not considering the implications for my life of the second coming of Jesus. And the implication is that we have to always be ready. That's what Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 44. He says, you, must, you also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. How, do we, how are we ready? How do we do that? It is to live in faithfulness to Jesus. 
It is to live in faithfulness to Jesus. You know, one of the, the, the things that God brought conviction on my heart about in terms of preaching is that every time I, I preach, I should preach as though it is my very last sermon in my whole life. That I will never preach again. That, that, that I, I have to bring the fullness of the truth of God that He's put on my heart into that message. I, I have to pour my heart out, right? I, I, can't, I can't just say, oh, well, you know, get, I, I get them next week, right? No, 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 no. We don't know when our last breath in this life will be. We don't know when the return of Jesus will be. And so His call on us is to be faithful in every moment, to live every moment for Him. And, and so we don't want to miss the hope of the second coming of Jesus, but we also don't want to miss the calling that we have because of the second coming of Jesus, that we are to live for Him each and every day. Now, I know we've gone a long time on this one. I wanted to spend a little time on that. Hang with me just one more moment because I want to mention what's going to be happening on Sunday and our uh, work with our partner school, Vera Beach Elementary School. We, uh, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. We've been asked by the principal to put together the school supply kits for the children. We're trying to put together 700 of those. And as I mentioned before, those are about 10 bucks a piece to put together. So a good way to think about this is in those $10 increments, you know, like I could sponsor one child or two or 10 or however many it is. And we're, we're uh, looking to get to 700 of those. And uh, to tell you the truth, as of this immediate moment, we have about 50 of those sponsored. So we have a ways to go. We, we actually purchased all of those supplies on faith, uh, knowing the faithfulness of our people and the faithfulness of our God. So I wanted to let you know where we are on that. And so if you can help at all, you can give online and just put school supplies uh, in, in the note on that, or you can send in a check or drop, by, uh, drop, drop it by the office here uh, for those. And, and then I want to tell you also that on Sunday, on Sunday at all three services, as you're coming in, we're actually going to have uh, stations where you can put together these kits. And so you'll sanitize your hands, you'll need to have your, your mask on, and you'll just move through the line and you'll build these packs uh, as you go through the line. If you've been here when we've done the uh, food sacks, um, on Food Sack Sunday, it's the same kind of idea. And then we'll be able to deliver those early next week so that they can be dispersed to the students. And so would love for you to be a part of, of all of that. And in, until we get a chance to, to speak again, uh, I, I pray that God would bless and keep you. Amen. Amen.